This is Very Public Affairs, the podcast of the Centre for Corporate Public Affairs. Here's your host. Hi, and welcome to this episode of Very Public Affairs. My name is Cameron Chu, analyst at the Centre for Corporate Public Affairs, and today I'll be discussing with Wayne Burns, Executive Director at the Centre, on the year gone by, and what a year it's been. So Wayne, what have been the highlights in the world of corporate public affairs in 2023? Well, there have been some highlights, but also many lowlights and blackouts as well. And this year's been punctuated by how many really bad reputation train wrecks there have been and very high profile. And they've happened in different markets all over the world. And why there have been train wrecks have been the incident or the issue that has sparked the reputation crisis. But that's shocking lack of crisis management expertise and crisis communication as well. The first one we'll look at is Elon Musk's X platform, formerly known as Twitter, and it's it's been a real train wreck this year. The business model itself, where there's a lot more hate speech and false information across the platform, the way the company is handled the exit of major advertisers from the platform and the reputation damage that has done, and the exodus of so many users as well uh, because of that. Twitter will or X will in the next year really determine whether it's going to be around in 2025 or 2026. Again, a reputation train wreck because of the mismanagement and the lack of executive oversight as well. So that's one. And another amazing one has been the $32 billion collapse of FTX, the criminal charges brought against its founder and chief executive, um, the complete absence of any communications to stakeholders, uh, any attempted reputation um, management as well, and the reputation contagions that has had to other cryptocurrency companies globally really hit the industry big time. A, A really interesting example of reputation contagion. Another really interesting, I guess, reputation scandal of international standing has been the Coots Private Bank, which is owned by NatWest in the UK. And... The, the reputation disaster around uh, Coots closing the uh, account of uh, independent and Brexit activist uh, politician Nigel Farage and the hand-wringing, the leaks, the mismanagement of that issue by the board of NatWest and the senior executives of the Coots Bank and, and of NatWest as well. You, you, you saw CEOs uh, have to resign. You saw Prime Minister of the United Kingdom and the Chancellor all over uh, the bank as well. And there was a reputation contagion with, with other financial institutions as to, OK, who decides um, who is a customer? Um, does the political beliefs or the political interactions or activities of a customer, unless she or he is a terrorist, um, uh, is that in the hands of the bank to decide who their customer or should banking services be available to anyone regardless of their political leanings or inclinations. So that, that was a home goal. Uh, that, that, was a, that was a self-derail um, of the train in, in that wreck. Also, the $42 billion collapse of Silicon Bank in the United States. The run on the bank was exacerbated by a lack of issues management, a lack of crisis management, a lack of crisis communication, a lack of stakeholder engagement. So uh, that, that's a very expensive uh, reputation disaster, $42 billion, which had international implications. Also in, the, in Europe, you had the Confederation of 
British industry, which is the peak uh, business lobby group beset by a dreadful reputation storm around um, sexual harassment and sexual assault, the resignation of its CEO, um, the resignation of board members, uh, an exodus of members as well, the refusal of any minister in the ruling uh, Conservative government there having any interaction with uh, Confederation of British Industry, which is known as CBI. Many employees leave the organisation, so you had this peak business lobby group within a period of around about six weeks that almost um, self-emoliated. So it's finding its way back, but it's a it's a really good example of an organisation that not only lost its way, uh, but didn't head on start emerging as a significant issue that turned into a crisis, which turned into an existential crisis. Uh, a little bit closer to home uh, in the Asia-Pacific um, PwC, uh, Australia's consulting arm, was sold for $1 after a scandal which saw one of its senior tax partners share confidential information from him working on a task force for the Australian Taxation Office and sharing that information internally at PwC uh, to prepare help prepare some of its clients to avoid some of the uh, new tax regime which uh, PwC was working with the tax office uh, to develop and implement. Um, That in itself is bad enough, but the way the PwC uh, managed the crisis, it essentially ignored the advice of its corporate public affairs function. It obfuscated, uh, people lied, uh, misled regulators, misled the federal treasury, misled their own employees. And as a result, all big four uh, consulting and accounting firms um, were under a microscope. None of the rest happened with PwC, but um, some of the others had their own skeletons in the, in the closet as well in terms of uh, transparency and accountability. So it's been a really bad year for those big professional services uh, firms. And they've lost a lot of business, not only in Australia where this occurred, but um, um, in other jurisdictions uh, internationally as well. Also, Qantas is a well-known airline um, globally. It's Australia's uh, national carrier. It's had a dreadful year. Record profits is not so dreadful uh, after the COVID-19 pandemic, but revelations that it uh, was being pursued by a regulator in Australia because it had allegedly sold seats that didn't exist on its flights. That's the remuneration of its CEO wasn't commensurate with his performance and that it had uh, also unlawfully dismissed about 1,200 of its uh, baggage handlers uh, during the pandemic uh, as well and acted illegally. So within a very short period of time, what was in Australia's most admired and trusted brand became a reputational pariah. And uh, it's probably another instance of of a board and a a senior executive team not focused on on reputation and the long-term effects of of what a broken reputation can have on an organisation. And the final train wreck was again in Australia and, and Singapore. Optus is the second biggest communications carrier in Australia. It's owned by Singtel, 
based in Singapore, which is itself owned by uh, Tamasek, which is the National uh, Sovereign Wealth Fund of Singapore. It had a, an outage in Australia towards the end of the year. Uh, and the way that the company mismanaged that crisis and the lack of communication around uh, what had happened and, and why and how our customers could be compensated, especially small businesses, was terrible. And it uh, resulted in the CEO resigning to focus on other aspects of her life, spend more time with her family. Those messages we've all heard before. Not before, though, she was hauled before a Senate committee and grilled by members of parliament about Optus's mishandling of not only the outage and uh, itself, but as also its reaction to it. And it transpired that the company didn't have a communications or, or a crisis management or a crisis communications plan for this type of outage, which for a major telecommunications carrier, uh, you scratch your head and uh, you say, why is that the case? Especially since corporations have come out of COVID-19 pandemic, during which most of them didn't have a crisis communication plan for a pandemic, which is always a likely event. Most organisations do now, but the fact that most of the companies we talked about uh, just now, probably most of them didn't have a crisis communication plan for any of the things that have happened to them, although any of those issues could be likely if you're doing uh, reputation risk analysis. So there's been some really interesting reputation disasters. We don't find any glee in that, but um, it is instructive. Uh, when you least expect it, expect it and be prepared for what could occur. As Mike Tyson said, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. If there was a word for the year for corporate public affairs globally, what would it be? I'm going to cheat and I'm going to talk about two words, artificial intelligence, AI. I think that's the word of the year. AI and its potential use, its potential impacts, its potential actually in the corporate public affairs function has been something that uh, the keepers of reputation, the managers of issue, the engagers of stakeholders have been focused on to varying extents in companies across the world, in large corporations. We think in probably 2024, there's going to be less hype uh, about AI. So there might be sort of a deflation, if you'd like, of the hype. Um, and a more realistic look at um, how AI is going to affect uh, the businesses uh, in which we work and how corporate public affairs manages the issues with the rest of the business that are generated by an increasing use of AI. It's already being used to a large degree for coding, customer support, general productivity and marketing as well. It's been used by corporate public affairs teams to generate multi-regional media releases and briefings to scrub sentiment from social media platforms and news media um, and also to search, uh, search things like parliamentary records or congressional records, um, annual reports, uh, economic reports uh, as well. So a lot of data scrubbing and going on and that's, that's saving a lot of time uh, in the function. Uh, and probably 2024, it's probably going to be used a little bit more as a, a personal assistant for lots of people in highly transactional uh, roles and that includes folks in working in corporate public affairs as, as well. So, yeah, AI has probably been the big word of the year. Probably last year it was WFH, work from home for knowledge workers, including those in corporate affairs. Uh, but we'll be making a prediction 
uh, uh, beginning of January 2024, what we think the word of 2024 may be. So watch this space. I must say I do miss the optimism and hope that came with WFH, especially when you compare it to the uncertainty of AI that's been felt this past year. Were there any positive developments in the world of corporate public affairs in 2023? This all sounded a bit depressing, didn't it? Uh, but instructive uh, as well. Look, I, I think some of the really interesting developments are going to be, again, around artificial intelligence and how it can be used in the function to cut down on some of the grunt work so practitioners are able to spend more time uh, thinking about strategy, engaging stakeholders, especially external stakeholders, and talking about ways of how can they use AI to actually do some of the things they do better, even helping using AI to help with um, innovation in the function, especially process innovation as well. So that's a positive that uh, come out of 2023 in the world of corporate affairs. Another positive is there's far more women working in the leadership positions in the function, and that's about time. It's 2023, right? Uh, we got to a point around about three years ago in Asia-Pacific where there were slightly more women than men leading the function as head of function. Now we've, we've got far more women, probably around about 50%, who are heading up functional areas of the function. Uh, like government relations and policy, like corporate responsibility, like media relations, like internal comms as well, although there's always been a lot of women working in internal comms and, and heading it up. But we're seeing a pipeline of a lot more women who can step into those head of function roles, whereas probably five or six years ago, you still had a lot of those those discipline roles like head of corporate comms or head of media relations or head of government um, be men. Uh, there's a lot more women. So that's been a, a, a great development over the past 12 months uh, or so. And another thing that has been good, look, there's now a critical mass of functions that are getting far better at measuring and assessing and reporting what they do, especially around issues management or good media relations or good stakeholder engagement. All of that stops bad things happening or stops reputational damaging um, issues from evolving and maturing. And functions are getting better at capturing that what otherwise would have been invisible effort and reporting them and measuring them as well. And measurement is good because it shows you the value you're creating. A measurement provides data that can inform strategy and tactics as well. So long story short, the function is strengthening its its uh, you know its its bench strength around being strategic and and having an evidence based input into into what it does. If you enjoyed this episode of Very Public Affairs, subscribe in iTunes and leave a review. For more, visit the Centre for Corporate Public Affairs website at www.accpa.com.au.